Welcome to the Misfit Messengers podcast, hosted by Jenny Moffitt and Amanda Hoshite. All right. Well, here we are. Another fantastic episode of this uh, wildly crazy and fun. Well, it's going to be maybe a little crazy today. Fun uh, podcast that Amanda and I have got going. Um, We're a little tired and maybe even just a little bit stressed. And so if we come off a little giddy or weird, just deal with it because we're dealing with it. It'll be fine. Um, last week, Amanda, we talked uh, about this book that we're going to be talking about for the next few weeks called Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. Um, and, uh, we talked at length about just kind of the things that can indicate to us how we are, we can be unhealthy in our emotional spirituality. And I'm not going to go into a great detail. We, we talked about it last week. And honestly, each of those things that you listed off last week, we could go in into a, a lengthy podcast about each one, but I think we, if we just understand the idea that um, in order for us to, I think we have to come to terms with whether or not we're unhealthy. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if we see that in some respect, we're unhealthy spiritually or unhealthy emotionally, then I think we can kind of no brainer. Oh yes, this is going to affect my spiritual maturity. Right. Yeah, because as we talked about last week, we all have uh, different aspects of who we are. Our emotions are one of those things that make us human. They're okay. They're good. They're Mm -hmm. beneficial in many ways. It doesn't mean that we can be ignorant or immature, um, but we will continue to be ignorant and immature with our emotions if we don't acknowledge the unhealthiness of of certain traits so i said it better when we were talking before we hit record that's okay though <laughs> that, mean, can, yeah. that can happen emotional response there, there is no bad emotion it's what we do with it and it's focus point right um yeah so last week we talked about that there's a problem right correct um, there is a that, problem <laughs> and Everybody has a has a way to some people have a further to go than others, but this side of heaven, it's really hard to be completely perfectly emotionally and spiritually healthy. I mean, there may they may exist. Good for them. I don't know. Good for them. But for most people, um we're kind of on this journey of that 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 um there's further we can go. Right. And uh what are and what are the steps? And uh, like I, I do encourage people to pick up um, speak Peter Cazero's book because he does go into each one of those 10 things in detail. Yes. Um, in chapter one. But chapter two is about knowing yourself that you may know God. And and on first value, I, told, I, um, I was telling Jenny, but I don't like that title. I think it sounds somewhat pompous or that yeah. the only way to know God is to know your, go into yourself. It gets into weird new agey kind of stuff, yeah. which I have a slight background in before coming to christianity so it sets up like a danger danger (laughs) (laughs) red flag red flag red flag red flag but he's not talking about that he's talking about um knowing the person that god actually made you to be understanding god's fullness in the fullness that he made you yeah 
Well, the um, fact that we have we have personality traits, we have some. I mean, some of which, if we look at our family history, like there are certainly some things that we got because of the family that we grew up in, right? There are things that we learned because of the family we grew up in, but there are also parts about our personality that are just inherent in who we are biologically that deal with our emotions and how, what our emotional responses are and what our triggers are and all of those types of things. And being able to understand those things, our true self, that will help us as we endeavor to mature in Christ. Mm. Right. Mm -hmm. Well put. Yes. Um, I lost it. I had it. So, okay. <laughs> but that's what Apostle Paul talks about, putting on the the, the new self. Mm -hmm. Right? Putting aside the old self, putting on the new self. And I think a, a, a better way we could phrase that for today would be putting off the fake self that we've been carrying around since we were children, mm -hmm. um, trying to fit into molds that we were never designed to fit in. But putting off the fake self and putting on the true self. One when you pull off all those layers, um, you know, who am yeah. I? Yep. So in the book, he talks about a, a, a woman. I don't know if you did you, you read chapter two, yes? I did, yes. So he's taught now, of course, I'm not going to find it when I'm looking for it. That's usually uh, she, she's a woman who is a high, um, sh oh, okay, uh, Sheila Walsh. Oh, yes. Mm hmm. So she was um, a Christian singer, um, somewhat in the early 90s, late 80s, who was on the 700 Club. And she had a very, very public breakdown, essentially. Um, now, I don't, I mean, this is a little before my time. But um, the the more she tried to fit into who she thought the, the the good girl Christian mold that she thought everyone was expecting of her, the more she she tried to go into that mold, the faker it became because she wasn't dealing with hearts. Because God forbid I'm starting to fail now that people are looking at me. So right. when she started to struggle instead of um, working on those things and being vulnerable and possibly losing things because of I'm saying I'm struggling in those things, the, the face becomes faker until it shatters. Right. And that's what she she uh, she talks about in this book, in this part, um, that she didn't know who she was. Mm -hmm. And she lost her identity because she, I know all these things that people want me to be. Mm -hmm. I know who I want me to be, but I don't know who I am. Yeah. And I really resonated with that um, because I have a so I'm, a, I'm an introvert by by my personal nature, but I am a very, very functional extrovert. I mean, you know that about me, Jenny, but to I the point where people, do. Yeah. where people are like, you're not an introvert. I said, no, I really am. Because you see all of this bubbliness that's happening in this room is actually quite intentional and, and takes a lot out of me. People don't realize that is true about me as well. Yeah. Like, yeah. We're functional extroverts. We are. And, and I don't mind being an extrovert in yeah. certain situations, but it is exhausting. Mm-hmm. I my recharge happens when I can go by myself to a park with my dog or sit at home and read by my like put my Legos together. Yeah. So so 
yep. early, early on in my ministry, we had a young adult who said, you know, I, it was a, it was a Saturday afternoon and they're like, you know, I think, you know, we had it, we had a, it was Saturday afternoon. We had a Saturday evening event and they said, I don't really want to go home for a little bit. Are you okay if I just come over to your house for a few hours and hang out? And I was like, sure, you can do that. So they're at my house and like, I like noticed they seemed kind of down and I was like, what's wrong? And they're like, I kind of expected you to be a little more entertaining than this. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, sorry. Like when I'm like, I'm just relaxing and <laughs> I'm preparing myself to go and be this big exuberant person at this event later. So right now, right. I'm in a hoodie on my couch with a blanket and a book and I'm paying zero attention to you. <laughs> but, um, but you know, it's one, just one of those things. Yep. But if you operate it, but if I tried to operate in that all the time, I would break. Just right. can't do it. It's not sustainable. Well, it's not who you are. Like, right. And sometimes with our particular jobs, we, we, there are certain times when we need to be, extroverted mm. you know, whether that's programs within the church or events in the community or you know you get invited to go talk on the radio or on the tv or speak at a you know chamber of commerce event or a kiwanis club or whatever and there's just that's just the reality of our jobs but the difference between that and like sheila walsh is for her it seemed to have become like a day in and day out every every moment was kind of this fake self and that's where we cannot, we have to be honest with ourselves about who we are and what drives us and what motivates okay. us and not in, not into what we hope for or want or what people's expectations are, but what reality truly is, what the truth of the matter is, because otherwise that fake self will take on a mind of its own mm -hmm. and we'll keep feeding that falseness. And like you said, eventually it'll, it'll burst because it's not, it's fake. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the story, so I told you in the, in the workbook, they go through a scripture story. Mm -hmm. This is a pretty famous one. Um, so we talked about Saul last week about King his King Saul um, in first Samuel about his, in his attempt, like the, the higher he got in his leadership, the faker he became. Yep. He started catering. He started to get really paranoid. He started to uh, care more about whether or not his men liked him versus leading them. Um, he ended up to distort spiritual realities and, you know, lie and cower and all of those things, which ultimately ends in a terrible end for King Saul. Um, King David um, is a little different. Now, David uh, was not without blame in a lot of things yes <laughs> he uh he does he's he does some some really crazy stuff in scripture but one thing that sep that sets david apart and why i think he's known as a man after god's own heart is i think he truly operates out of this idea of who i am comes from who god is in a lot of things and the story that they're talking about is uh, him and Goliath, his most famous victory. 
Um, and there's some things I think that some people get a misnomer when you see, when you think of King David. A lot of this is, I think, because of artwork that we have. Yeah. That shows David as a little boy and Goliath as this like huge monster. And, you know, I'm not going to get too much into that. But David was too young to be a soldier. So he was under 16. So most likely, probably around 13 or 14. Um, because he had to have God in his vocation. So he had, sorry, he had to be over 12 and under 16. So, because shepherd was his his vocation. Because he was out there alone with the sheep. He did not have to be under the apprenticeship of anybody. So, he had to be over 12, but under 16. So, that teenage years. When you're very, very sure of who you are, usually. <laughs> but he, um, he, when he's going to go out and meet David. So, he, so, sorry. Ugh. David is sent out to the front lines to, to, check on how things are going to send some encouragement to his brothers to send some provisions and to send word back to the dad of how his older brothers were doing um when he gets there he notices this thing that goliath had been doing for 40 days coming out challenging um to send the champion which really should have been saul but that's a whole different conversation for <laughs> a different day but the brothers are saying, you're only here because you want to see the fight. They're messing with his motivations. Yep. And he's like, are you going to let this guy talk to you? Um, and then so David's like, whatever. I've killed a lion. I've killed a bear. I'm going to go and kill this Philistine. Um, so Saul's like, someone wants to fight him? Cool. Goes and gets David. He says, well, you can't go just out there in your shepherd's clothes. Like, you need to put on some armor. So he puts on Saul's armor. We already know Saul is already tall and like tall and well built his armor doesn't fit david david tries to walk in and he's like yes this isn't gonna work um so he goes out and he faces goliath um but some of the misnomers we get is that david um was going out there blindly um but he really wasn't david knew he had skill he right. even says so I have protected my sheep from a lion and from a bear with this sling that I had. And these were not like how you imagine, like, you know, Opie from whatever that show. From the Andy uh, Griffith show? And yeah, not like that kind of sling. These <laughs> slings were actually um, used by, like, in militias. Like, they are in the cavalry. Military. Were... Military-grade yeah. sling. Well, he probably made it himself, but something like that. Yeah. They were, you know, it was on a long rope. It had a hook and it would swing. Right. Yeah. Um, and they could get up to like, whatever. I think I did a thing once when I did this, David and Goliath, but about 68 miles an hour or something. Wow. Yeah. That knocked they're, unconscious. They're, they're pretty sub substantial, right? <laughs> but he knew that God had given him skill with right. with his weapon. The problem came when people were doubting he should be there, his brothers and Goliath really, or Saul trying to dress him up in his own armor saying you have to do it this way. But David went out saying, I know who I am. Mm -hmm. I know the skill set God has given me. Mm 
I was much more eloquent talking to you earlier about this as well. I know, I isn't it? When we hit record, um, guys, we our tongues get tied a little bit. Um, but yeah, and and he was confident, saying, "God is going to give me the victory because He has before, and this Philistine will be the same." Yep. And I, I know, I know who God has made me. I know the skills He has, and I'm not seeing any reason why I should not be victorious. Yep. Especially because God is with me. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. <laughs> well, I think too, you know, I was, I was rereading the story. It's in, uh, for those of you who want to know where the David and Goliath story is, it's in the book of first Samuel chapter 17. Yep. Um, and I'll tell you what, yeah. David had confidence, not only in who he was in, in the Lord, but in who the Lord was and is. Yep. He said, look, this is an uncircumcised Philistine. That's a, that's a comment about him, obviously not being an Israelite. Uh, so he's blaspheming our God. We got to put a stop to this. And he understood that, yeah, God had given them this skill and he didn't, he didn't let his brothers talk him out of it, scare him to death. Oh, you're here for the wrong reasons or you're here. You just want to see a fight. You little brat kid. Um, <laughs> go back. You know, who's watching the sheep while you're here? Go, go back to dad, go back to the farm. Um, you know, King Saul is like, dude, you're you're a little boy what are you doing and that's why i think the the pictures show a little boy because saul even is like hey who are you you're you're just you're this just like you like you're just this kid um and then yeah with saul trying to put him in his armor and saul one of the reasons you know you could argue saul became king is he was the king that everybody expected mm-hmm. right he was a big tall handsome fella that you know and and Saul went man King Saul when he started he was humble yeah oh yeah then he he started to believe his own hype is what <laughs> I call it and uh and I think King, King David got to that point a little bit too and in some regards I mean we we talked at length about how King David still messed up right and the fact that we we can put King David as this oh man after God's own heart and yet realize he wasn't perfect and I think that can be an encouragement to us you know, if, if God called David a man after his own heart and David messed up as much as he did, then there's hope for me, right? Um, that, it, you know, even though I'm not perfect, God, God still can, can redeem that and be, and work through me. So. Yeah. David's, yeah. David's brothers are, are there, like throughout the story, a lot of people are trying to tell David who he is. Yep. Which is, which is interesting. So his brothers call him. Uh, question his motivations and say you're just looking you know to um looking for entertainment um you're just go back with the sheep you know what do you think you're doing here want to play soldier king um saul um wants to make him like a mini version of him um well this is you're supposed to you want to be you know be a champion this is what champions look and do um, and then uh, so, uh, Goliath looks at him like a dog, worthless. Yeah. But David knows who he is in God mm-hmm. because of what God has done. And that's one of a little bit of that image of walking in your true self. Um, so last week we saw Saul pretending to be someone on the outside. He is not on the inside. So he's pretending on the outside, being afraid of what others think, not self-aware, not honest. But this week we see David's true self and what we observe in the story, he stands up against all these different forces. 
Now, I don't like when people say, like, what's the Goliath in your life? You know, I mean, I think, whatever. Yeah, well, we've all been in those studies, okay? Um, <clears throat> yes, I agree. I, I think sometimes that's just, like, ugh. Because these are, I think when that when we do that, we take away that these are real people. Correct. And, like, this really happened. It's not. Like we over-spiritualize it or make it a metaphor or an allegory yeah. instead of the reality of the story. Yes. Yeah. And the reality of the story is David's people were in trouble. And he knew because of who God was and who God had made him, he could do something about it. And he did. Yeah. And and that gives me, you know, like, we can do that. Mm-hmm. Um. So Augustine, we talked a little bit about this before, too. Augustine is one of the church fathers around 400 um ad so super long time ago just when i imagine augustine i do imagine a guy with a long robe and a beard to the floor i don't know if that's i don't think his beard was that long but the in my brain accurate (laughs) in my brain that's how he is he's just this wise dude who just sits and looks out windows and thinks about god stuff Mm. yes very yeah that's the image i have in my brain i don't know we'll see one day but he uh he wrote about um you can't how can you even dream to draw close to god when you're far from your own self yeah saying how am i supposed to true self versus false self go ahead sorry how am i supposed to know so a lot of people right in our work they say i just want to know what god wants for me i just want to know what god's plan is i just want to know you cannot know that if you don't know who you are because how do you know what part you're playing yeah right um, so I so I do a lot of theater stuff, and um, I was actually in a play once where there was these people who, who auditioned for these roles, and they got those roles, but as the time progressed, they actually realized they were better suited for the other position, and they swapped roles. They swapped scripts, right? Okay. Just in their inflection, just in their mannerisms, they just were both great actors, both in the same play, but their roles were a little off key so the director said you know what actually i want you guys to swap scripts because it just flows more naturally sometimes we're trying to operate things off the wrong script in the wrong role in the wrong role and when you know and then we, we don't know that though if we're not being true correct being true to who we are so um Pete Scazzaro in his book talks about he was taught that feelings were unreliable and not to be trusted. Absolutely. I was taught that too. Yeah, I think I think that's one of those evangelical things a little bit. A little bit of a misnomer. Feelings are fickle. You you can't trust them. Right. You gotta know this stuff intellectually. We gotta gotta lock it up here tight in our brains. Oh yeah, we gotta tell our hearts to just follow what our brain says. Right? Yeah. Yes, man. But that's and unhealthy. Be, but like we talked about last week, your emotion is a is a is a gauge of what's going on, right? A a symptom of a of a deeper lo- issue. Um. So they said uh, he says researchers have classified um, emotions into eight main families: air, anger, sadness, fear, enjoyment. Love, surprise, disgust, and shame. Yep. 
So think a little bit of like that movie that came out Inside Out. And they all have their own like little personalities and yep. different ones takes over. But it, it never occurred to Pete Scazzaro, and I agree with him what he says. It never occurred in my mind that God might be speaking to me in the feeling realm mm-hmm. in a way that did not compromise his truth. How could I ever listen to my desires, dreams, likes, and dislikes? Wouldn't they potentially get in me in the way of rebellion and away from God? And so he learned to ignore him. And now he's in his 50s when he's writing this book. And he had to completely God is not working in me despite my emotionalism, but through my my emotions. Mm -hmm. Um, It's one of those great things. You know, think about what makes you angry. Mm -hmm. So, Jenny, just tell me one thing that makes you angry. Gosh, put me on the spot. Just one. Just one. Willful ignorance makes me angry. <laughs> yes. Willful. Yes. I can relate to that as well. Willful. So willful ignorance is, you know, the person. It can do what you're asking them to do, but they're pretending to be stupid. So they don't have to do it. Yeah. Bugs. The, uh, makes me so angry. Yeah. Willful incompetence is uh, just bleh, right. So that tells you a little bit of a deeper thing about your personality. Mm-hmm. right which absolutely would be... i value intelligence and i value doing for yourself and i value the you know just getting done what needs to get done where you don't have to be told or you didn't don't have to be catered to and ha- waited on hand and foot you can do yeah, for yourself it's good right? what so sufficiency and proper community yes among other things, but yes. Other things. But I mean, if we're just yeah. a five minute thing, right? That's yep. a beautiful thing about you, right? What you bring to the table is a sense of we are all in this together. Yep. Everybody has a place. Everybody mm-hmm. will contribute. There are no spectators in the kingdom of heaven. Amen. Right? Yep. That's a good thing. Yeah. Right? And so learning what, what kind of things make us angry or sad or disgusted or joyful or whatever god can be speaking to us in those kind of ways and they can be very helpful to teach you things and they're helpful to teach you things you might not necessarily readily see within yourself but you can read so for example i'm gonna um i got migraines for years years and years and years and i went to doctors and you know they're like, well, here are the major food allergies that can cause migraines. And, oh, maybe it's stress. And, oh, maybe it's a tumor. And they did, you know, CAT scans. And I do have a brain, so that's good. Um, but there's nothing that they could figure out that was causing this migraine, these migraines, like consistently, almost daily there for a while. And it wasn't until um, I worked at the grocery store. Uh, back in the day, I worked at a grocery store for a decade. Um, and... I learned about these things called nitrates and nitrites that are found, especially in lunch meat, but also any process, a lot of processed foods that never came up on a single food allergy um, sheet. They always said, oh, do you drink wine? I'm like, no. Do you eat chocolate? Well, yes, but the chocolate isn't coalescing with the thing. Oh, caffeine, you know, all these different things, wheat. And it wasn't any of those things. Well, then I found out that nitrates and nitrites that's a is one and I is the other can actually be a trigger for migraines. I found out that's what mine was. 
Okay. So here, this is, this is a very physical thing, right? But the migraines were being triggered by something I was eating. And in order for me to solve the migraine, I had to dig in and figure out what, what it was that was causing it. And I was able to find out that it was a food allergy, just like kind of, that's a physical problem if we kind of go to emotion, you know, looking that on that from an emotional perspective, if what makes you angry, okay, dig down. Why does it make you angry? Well, because I value these things or, you know, especially this is helpful if you're not going to lie to yourself where you can say, what, why is this really making me angry? Right. Or why am I crying in this moment? Mm -hmm. Is it fear? Is it, is it, sadness is it anger is it all of the above that is the little bit challenging thing about emotions because they're complex and you can have more than one at a time which is so frustrating if you could only have one emotion at a time it'd be a lot easier to figure out but our emotions are complex but if we're willing to be honest with ourselves about like what's going on in my body right now what's going on in my heart right now why you know i might be crying over a situation i think of times where i've cried over the dumbest things right or like I'm driving into my car and I'll, you know, something, some memory will flash into my head and I'm like bawling and I'm like, where's this coming from? Well, dig into that, like hold on to that moment and look at it. Don't just shove it down and say, this is not appropriate. Now there are days and times when, you know, bawling your eyes out is not super appropriate in all circumstances, but. I don't, I'm just imagining a lion tamer in your brain back. Back. <laughs> this is not not right now it's not your cue to come on stage right now go back <laughs> anyway um. <laughs> wow right but the but the temptation comes right yeah. when we refuse to do that yes um and and friends this is something i think if you are an um, an american coming out of evangelicalism you have been trained to suppress emotion. And certainly, certainly some emotions. Some are okay. Some are okay. Right. You can but be joyful. Because you can be, oh, you can be too joyful. Well, and if, yeah. okay. Like, not a Pentecostal church, I don't think. Well, I'm talking <laughs> about evangelicalism is. here. Okay. <laughs> we lift our hands, but not that high. Calm yourself. <laughs> I think you grew up in the church that I grew up in. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> But um, um, I'm pretty sure David danced uh, almost naked before the Lord when the Ark of the Covenant got brought in. So I'm just saying, like, I know. And his wife was kind of like, that is not how kings act. And he was like, banished with thee. Anyway, that's a different story. But he also said that and more I will do in embarrassment because I'm I'm dancing to the Lord. Anyway, that's why he was God's on earth. You don't care. (laughs) Moving right along, but the temptations. Laid out by Luis Cazero is when is when we refuse to do the hard work, when we suppress too much, when we're trying to put on a fake facade. Um, and it's not even a, a malicious thing. I, I feel like it's not Sometimes, like Sometimes, but not often. Yeah. But usually it's not like a hypocrite. Like, I just want to be this so bad that I'm going to. Dim- um, It's kind of like this might be kind of like shapewear for feelings. <laughs> Stick with. I told you my brain's a little off, but okay. Like that's what I'm thinking. Like I want to fit into this dress size, so I'm gonna stuff and squeeze all of these body parts that don't look like that. And then I'm at the event, and I'm like, "This is fine." 
Yes. <laughs> yes. That's a great analogy. I love it. It's hilarious. But oh, I, love I don't it. need to breathe. You know? so, so unnecessary. Corsets, man. Yeah. Corsets. Right. And then you pass out and then. Fall the lake. And then Captain Sparrow, Jack Sparrow comes and saves you. Right. Yeah, and he has to cut it off, and it gets weird. Anyway, anyway. <laughs> random movie references. <laughs> I actually just showed my kids the Pirates of the Caribbean for the first time. Oh, I realized man. in my failure of parenting that they had not yet ever seen it. But so when we try to put on, like, not for malicious reasons, but make ourselves fit into this thing. Yeah. The temptations was is that we become what we do. Yes. So our only identity. So that lady I talked about. Her, that was she was what she did yep and only that like um so if you're thinking if if i lost my role um and this can be even other cultural roles if i if i lost my if i if my i am what i do is as far as being like a wife or a mother and i had a divorce or my child where am i who am i right or right. um as a minister if 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 it folded or if i got fired who am I? If I'm a huge volunteer and I have an illness and now yeah. I can't go back, who am I? Right? This false self right. starts to crumble. So I am what I do. I'm only what I perform. And then you start, the panic comes in when you think uh, if people really knew who I am, they right. wouldn't let me do X, Y, Z or whatever. Yeah. Um, and if it goes away, then you, then your whole, your identity in Christ is, is smitten because you were what you did. The other one, the temptation is I do what I am, what I have. So that's possession. Yep. Possessions. Um, I see, that, well, um, I don't know about you, but um, me, when I'm dealing with people who have, who used to have a lot and they had a big financial burden and now they are needing to come to Salvation Army for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. And uh, their whole, everything about them is just shattered because they don't know who they are without the car and the house and the title and the, Yep. Being able to or even running. they don't know who they are when they get sick. Yeah. Because they, they don't have health anymore, maybe. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean I remember talking to someone about who had never um it was a lady and she had just always bought stuff without ever looking at a price tag. Yeah. And so like I had to take her to a store and show her how to bargain hunt. And I had to like put in myself, I was like, you usually know how to do this. But like she really didn't. Right. She never and if you've never had to. That was not a tool in her tool belt. So showing the difference between generic and what generic is worth it and what generic isn't worth it. Right. And, um, you know, and then that kind of thing. But she she was really for a little while lost because she had, in her eyes, diminished herself because her status had diminished. Yeah. But in, in Christ, absolutely not diminished, right? <laughs> because mm -hmm. that's not realigned to that. Temptation three, I am what others think. Yeah. So this is the popularity. Um, so know, think if, about if, all three of those things I am what I do mm -hmm. I am what I have I am by what others think I am none mm -hmm. of those are true self right they're all none false. of those are who you are so I am so that's a hard question because in the United States when we ask who are you well I'm Jenny mm -hmm. and what do you do because that's who you what do you do? I'm a I'm an officer in the Salvation Army. Oh, okay. Oh, I also noticed you post a lot of posts on Facebook about, you know, your dog possession, right? Mm -hmm. Um 
you know, I, social media, uh, is a, is a very moderated thing for yourself, right? Like you curate that, that information to show off who you are on the image you want to show. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's done a disservice. I mean, I think of, man, I don't know that I could have survived healthily my high school years if social media were a thing Mm -mm. like i pray for these young people because dude i i was just talking about this um to somebody who did not understand teenage depression today yeah you know what do they they have everything what do they got to be depressed about and i said look um technology was run a little bit when i was a kid but not to the extent it is now yeah. And I said, but you know, when you when you went through puberty, it's weird for everybody. Knowing you now, I guarantee it was weird for you, just based <laughs> on the information I have about you right now. Um, but the only people who were in that were your family and maybe some of your classmates. Right. You know, who had to deal with your phases. I had, Jenny, I had a top hat phase. Did you? I sure did. Why did and that I, end? Like, I think that would be adorable. Well, actually, I tipped a sailboat and my and it got ruined in a lake. Because I, was on a, I was on a sailboat with a top hat in of the middle of the Of course you were. I, because that is not surprising in the least of course I was. to me. Because of course you were. I, um, but, like, I wore this top hat to, like, everything baseball games and like what like what are you doing like just did you also have the gloves with the cut fingers i sure did and mardi gras beads all the way up my arm and then i had like holes in my jeans and i would scribble like draw like fake tattoos on myself under my nice i did not go through a top hat phase i did the full gambit (laughs) but um so, okay, so that was my awkward thing. So everyone had an awkward thing, right? And, and mostly, like, some people at school might have known you as, like, that weird, whatever. Yeah. But that's it. Like, now, nowadays, everything is online. Even if you're not online, you are because you've been with somebody who had something online. And so now, you not only do you have, like, your classmates, but you got, like, random people overseas who are judging you and saying things about you and putting in their input. And even if... You don't, you're like, I don't care what people think. If somebody has posted about you, um, you will go, I don't care who you are. You want to know what they said. Mm-hmm. Even if you're like, I don't care. You care. I mean, you want to know. And so imagine that in your prefrontal cortex is it and you're figuring out identity. But now you're figuring out your identity in front of an entire audience who are not very invested in you and therefore are not careful with their words. Correct. And super opinionated, right? No- and yeah, trying to validate them, you know, a, a way that teenagers sometimes validate themselves—not just teenagers, but people with an underdeveloped prefrontal cortex. Well, people validate- who have unhealthy spirit, unhealthy emotional. Anyway, and they will on. uplift themselves by diminishing other people. Correct. And yeah, so, because you can- you're you're clearly going to be taller, Amanda, if you stomp on other people to make them shorter. Usually, yeah, that's so, how that works. <laughs> I can I can justify my top hat if I make fun of. The kid who wears the, the tail, the or whatever, tail? you know, like those kids who wear tails on their pants, foxtails. Um, Was that not, not a thing? We did. We did not. not hang out in the same circles. Okay. Um, I also am a little older than you, and, and I actually did have a foxtail, but I did not wear it in public. Fashions, fashions change pretty quickly in 
those years. And it also could be that I grew up um, in the farm land. That's true. I grew up in the city. And you I also grew up elephant in the city. pants, which are like what? 50. Elephant pants, which yeah. are like the bell of your pant is like 50 inch in diameter. Yeah. So See, that just like seems <laughs> that just seems unsafe. That's what that's <laughs> so dumb what happens when you're in a hurry <laughs> like that's it was so dumb but i made it through right i made you, it you did you made it through i it's made it through but it's hard that when when everyone has an opinion of who you're supposed to be and you don't know the voice you're looking for if you don't know the voice of what who god says that you are yes right and then you will you will cling to the other voices um whether or not it's i'm stupid or i'm supposed to be pop i have to be I, I'm popular or, or I'm the smart one. So no matter what I say, always has to be smart. God forbid I get an answer wrong. God forbid it's in, in front of somebody crushed, right? Stop describing my life. <laughs> or or if I, well, I'm, you know, Jenny and a lot of things, I'm the funny one. And someone's like, oh, that wasn't that funny. And I'm like, <gasps> crushed. Right. Like, I don't always have to be funny, guys. I can be serious. Right. That's yeah. that's hard for you if you're always the funny one, because then you can't say serious things because they're like, where's they're the like, ah, you're like, ah, no, I'm just kidding. I'm your boss. I'm telling this, you what to I'm do. I'm serious. Right I'm being serious right now. Yeah, yeah. People don't take. So it's it's hard all over. But if you if you don't know what voice you're listening to, then you will fall into this authentic fake self. Um, and that is the hard part is is vulnerability, and it is like, oh sure. It is difficult if you don't have people that you trust. Correct. And we talked about this before, me and you, not on this podcast, but it's that dance, right? You're like, I'm going to drop little things yep. on you to see if I can trust you with it or if you recoil or when we're doing this dalliance of are we going to be friends? Yes. So you would drop little things and then see where they landed. And then, and then finally we're like, oh, actually, let's just be total hot freak messes with each other and we've already determined that it's fine but until you have that right and it can be difficult you do have to do that dance because and i think that's a hard lesson to learn as a you know burgeoning adult is you do the dance with someone to like and you drop those things or you get real vulnerable real fast and it blows up Mm -hmm. because they're not huh because they're not trustable. They're not. They're not trust- yeah, they're not. They're trustable. dealing with their own unhealthiness, and they got to go and tell and them about your hot mess so that they see better. It. Yep. And then you shut down for years, and you won't open up to anybody ever because you've been burned, and that's also unhealthy. So it can be difficult, but it's worth it, and it's it's hard. And I find that the people that I can trust the most. I feel like just about anybody could also trust them. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like when you're trustworthy. Now, sometimes people are trustworthy because they have as much dirt as you have on them. And so it's like this, this mutual destruction, right? Kind of like the, the, for those of you who are too young for this, the cold war, one of the reasons (laughs) the Soviet union and the United States did not go all out nukes on each other is because it was the assurance of mutual destruction. Like, if yeah. one goes, we all go, and we're all obliterated from the face of the planet. And so sometimes we have these these very dangerous friendships with people where the only reason we can trust them is because we have as much, quote-unquote, dirt as they have on us. And so if you share, then I'll share, and it's mutually assured destruction. 
And that's not healthy. Yeah, don't find those friends. <laughs> don't find those friends. Sometimes you get those friends with no fault of your own. And so I know we're a little over time, but what, what some things I can, I can end with this is um, how do you figure out your foot? Cause we're talking a lot about don't be a false self. Well, how do you, yeah. I, I can guarantee people who are listening, you have some, some form of false self a little bit. Yeah. So I think that's a pretty safe assertion, but one would be get silent and pay attention. How do you figure out? Get into uncomfortable silence and see what bubbles up. It sucks. I'm not going to pretend like, like it doesn't. Like silence, like shut your phone off. Or yeah, leave you your phone your... in the house and go outside and listen to the birds. Yeah. yeah. And just oh, actual silence. Like, um, I distinctly remember being challenged to do, was it 24 hours of silence at TMOT? Mm -hmm. Did we get... And thinking, oh, this is easy. I love silence. But the fact is, I don't actually like silence. I think I do. But like usually... being unbothered. <laughs> exactly. It's different. <laughs> but like, don't read a book. Not that kind of silence. Like, and and 24 hours is a pretty big commitment. But try, try for 20 minutes. Try yeah. for two minutes. And let that uncomfortable silence just sit. And, and it is amazing what will bubble up to the surface. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. Because God is willing, he's ready to talk to us, but we're just too busy to listen. Yeah. Too so get quiet, get yep. quiet and pay write it down. And I mean, like, remember, there aren't no many bad emotions. So I feel bored. I'm frustrated by that. I feel bored. I feel angry that I have to do this to, in order to get better. I, whatever. Yeah, absolutely. But, right. Don't know. No. The second thing is like, we just talked about find someone you trust. Yeah. Even if it's your dog, I don't know. Talk to your dog. Whoever. Find somebody. My dog is a very good listener. Yes. He doesn't share secrets either. It's great. But you you gotta and 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 friendships, true trusted friendships like we had just talked about, take time. Yes. Don't do. rush those things. They take time. But pray. Pray for someone to bring someone because he will. Yep. Um the third thing he says would be um Move out of your comfort zone a little bit. Um, dying to your false self and allowing your true self to can be frightening. Um, so sometimes you don't know where God's putting you in until you just try, right? If you're trying to find a trusted companion, but you're a person who never makes the first move. Yeah. Introduce yourself to three people. Right. Whatever. Uh, move out of your comfort zone a little bit. Um, acknowledge your feelings. That can be a comfort zone breaker, right? Yeah, like, right. What am I feeling? Right? I am. Go ahead. Tell somebody no. Ooh, ooh, ooh. yeah. They, when they ask you to join a thing or expect you to do a thing, say no. I'm actually. I'm sorry. I'm not. I'm gonna take tomorrow night off, and just leave it at that. Yep. That's a comfort zone breaker for for, for a lot of people. For some unnamed people on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting better at saying no. I, don't, I think I'm better than you at saying no, actually. Actually, I think you are correct. <laughs> no, a lot in my head. It's not It's not the same thing. You got to say it out loud. Working on it. That's why I have you to push me in there. Yeah. And of course, just to pray for, just a prayer. Right. Just to say, God, you know, that is, I think, the honest thing. God, I know where I am. It's not where I want to be. Bring out those things. Help me bring them. Give me the courage. 
because the reason we don't we don't break out of our false self is fear what are people gonna say is the world gonna fall apart is my job gonna fire me is right social media gonna attack me or people whatever it's very difficult or else if it was easy we wouldn't have false selves correct so pray for courage yep pray for courage because you're gonna get if if you decide that I need to make some changes in my emotional maturity. You're going to get pushback from people who are like, why are you changing? You were fine. Don't do it. No, I need to do this for my own health. You're talking and- about countercultural, right? As Christians, we're supposed to live against the world. This is, this is living against the world and there will be pushback. Yep. But it's worth it. Amen. Amen. There's so much more here. You guys really, we highly recommend buying the book um, or, or going and, and seeking it out. Um, or at least, you know, if, if this is something, cause for us, we both, as we said last week, we both kind of came to that, came to that point where we were like some, we got to do something because mm-hmm. if we're going to continue to mature in Christ, cause that's our goal, right? Maturity in Christ, the fullness of Christ, then our emotional health, has got to come along for the ride. It, we can't just fill our head with knowledge. We can't just read another book. We can't just go to another conference. There's got to be, there's more to it because we're a m- much more dynamic person than just our brains, mm-hmm. just our intellect. And you can get emotional maturity. You can get to, to a point of emotional health where you feel emotions that are good and proper and right. And you can of deal with them appropriately and feel them appropriately and not bust out on the world because you suppressed for too long and then you blew up or mm-hmm. fill in the blank, right? Any, yeah. any unhealthy aspect of emotion. So. Whew. All right. I feel, I feel more stable already. That's good. I feel like my, my brain is a little less muddled right now. So that's yeah. good. So now I get to go home in the rain and, Oh, this, the weather is hard. You said, you talked about vitamin D deficiency before we got on the recording, but I don't see, there is, you can't even see the clouds. It's so cloudy. You know what I'm saying? Like it is one wall of clouds. So. Oh, like you could pretend like you're on the Scottish moors about to enter into an old castle mystery. I could, or I could go home and take a nap. (laughs) Fair enough. They actually heard. I heard, uh, I read an article, but it's just one, so it's unvalidated, but that um, one nap a day, like, decreases your uh, risk of heart failure by, like, 40%, if you're, like, a chronic people who nap at least once a day. But that's in addition to sleeping at night, right? You can't just count the nap as your sleep. Yes. I'm not a napper, so that was really good news for my husband. Oh, there you go. Did it did it indicate a length of naps? Because this is also a different at least at least thirty minutes. Oh wow. Okay, so not necessarily that twenty minute cat nap. Nice. I feel like in the last three days I got at one nap a day, but my my what? puppy's been sick, but he's getting better. So I have rain coming my way at ten o'clock, so maybe it's moving over from you. Uh, sure, maybe. I don't. I don't know how maps work. You're south of me at this point. South and a little bit. Coming down. Coming down. (laughs) Coming down. Probably not. Probably probably what's coming your way at 10 is going to come up my way tomorrow. So anyway, maybe not. Doesn't matter. We're going to end this podcast before we make it two episodes. So 
uh thanks for thanks for sticking around for the ride friends and we're going to keep talking about this if you have any you know questions or comments please reach out and um, last um thought um oh, pizza there has an emotionally healthy podcast oh, oh. as well oh does he i didn't know that i'll have to look that up now granted like the first five episodes were actually about marriage health i was oh. surprised to find that out okay. so like they're good information but it's i was like what is what but well, emotional. Just so you're aware. Just yeah, so you're emotional aware health and in, in relationships in, is important. And honestly, came out from his fallout with his wife, right? Which was reconciled. So I think that was a lot big part of it. But um, it is a good podcast, though. Yeah. I mean, I'm not married, but I do have relationships. Well, it comes. Them. It comes from through Pete Cesaro's. He he actually let go of the reins as head pastor. Yeah. So it's actually done by the by the man essentially who he replaced him. Oh. And kind of how they dealt with all of those emotions and spiritual and emotionally healthy about power, control, role, identity. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good to know. All right, friends. We will uh we'll catch you another time where we'll keep plugging away at this. So um again, just wanted to reiterate, feel free to um drop us a line. Uh you know what? I, I would be really helpful if anybody is willing to do it on the podcast app that you listen to. If you want to rate us, like give us a number of stars or whatever, um, or like an episode or like the, the podcast, um, that really helps um, just with our our feeling of we're doing something right. <laughs> but uh, sometimes, you, sometimes you need external validation. It's a real and not just feedback about how gross white chocolate and... Uh... <laughs> Pretty pebbles are. I got the message, by the way, everyone. Yeah, apparently people don't like your white chocolate fruity pebble thing. More for me. That's okay. <laughs> um, I'm gonna go and eat a Milky Way now. Anyway, so oh, I had a Milky Way earlier. Oh, look at us being best friends. There we go. <laughs> All right, <laughs> moving right along. Remember, friends, God blesses us. Why? So we can, so we can be a blessing to others. Others. Yeah, we'll catch you guys next time.